about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. So um, I want to talk about the, the armor of God, the full armor of God tonight. And um, what happened was, I'm going to pray first, but be, I want to tell you a little backdrop. So about a month ago, oh, great. Um, God was talking to me about this, maybe a little more than that. So I started to, like, you know, study it and read and study it with the Lord. And then a uh, pastor asked me, I didn't think this was going to be what was going to happen because there's a lot of things because, you know, I, I do other teaching. So when he asked me and then everything every week afterwards, we were talking about the kingdom and, and the armor. Somebody mentioned the armor or, you know, getting ready for the for the spiritual warfare. Right. So I said, I, I'm going to pull that out. And for the whole month, maybe a little more, it's been growing. This tree has been growing and it's gotten really big and it many branches, but I kind of condensed it to as much as I could. <laughs> so I'm going to do what I can in the hour. I talk fast, so maybe I can get through the whole thing, which would be really awesome. Okay, so I want to pray a prayer from Scripture, and it's in Ephesians 1, 17, 21. It's about opening our spiritual eyes and our heart, because if we don't open the spiritual eyes, if, we, if we're not looking spiritually, we can't see the war. We can't see the battle. All right, um, so Ephesians 1, 17, 21. Father God, thank you for this time with everyone. Thank you for your word. We open our, our hearts, our minds, every gate to you, Lord, to the Holy Spirit, to come in and wash us and renew us in every area that you find fit. So I pray that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is, it, what is the hope of, the, of his calling, that are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceedingly greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which we work in, in Christ when he raised which he worked in Christ when he raised from the dead, raised him from the dead and sealed him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which to come. Amen. So this is the victory is already won. Christ did it. Amen. It's over. You, if, when you put your spiritual eyes on, you know. And I'm going to say it later, probably again, that we're not, we're not fighting a physical fight, and we've, we're standing in the victory. We're not fighting a war with our physical being. We're standing in his victory when we put on the armor. Okay? So um, God does not deal with us by sight, but by faith, faith in Jesus. He works in the ways of the things that are unseen. Spiritual vision, the eyes of God's wisdom. That's the revelation knowledge that Pastor talks about over and over. It's just knowing that you know no matter what, you stand on his word. 
no matter what it looks like. That's revelation. That's God's knowledge. That's the wisdom of God. And when we get revelation and our heart gets convicted and we know that we know, whether we go through an experience, whether it's a conversation you have with God in prayer, and he, and he convicts you, the Holy Spirit convicts you, that's revelation knowledge. That's the knowledge that, that opens your eyes spiritually even further. You know, we have to get into the pin, right? And, we, and it's a hard thing to do, but the more spiritually vision, the more spiritually fit we are, the more spiritually we can see, we can see the, the, the eye of the needle from a distance. All right, so um, spiritualize the wisdom. It's wising up. Wisdom is to wise up to God's word. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us, right? And understanding, his understanding, a revelation knowledge. You know that you know. And when we understand God, we stand under God. So that's the whole thing is to be able to stand under God by understanding what you're standing under. You know, many year, for many years I stood under the wrong things and I didn't produce very good things in the outcome. And there were things that some may have lined up to, to an extent, but it wasn't the, through the fullness of God. It was always a half measure. It was always feeling lack, feeling like something was missing. All right? In Deuteronomy, the God, the God kind of faith, in Deuteronomy 11, 18, 23, and I'm going to read this, and I'm going to, I put little, I looked up words, and this is the way I study, so I, I kind of wrote, I, I'll read it, and then what I wrote. So, therefore, you shall lay up, that means store up, these words, his scripture, the words, the seeds, of mine in your heart and in your soul, in your minds, and, and bind, lock, keep them as a sign on your hand. And that's your human action. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And the frontlets, um, the Jews, the Jewish, the, the Torah, they wear a box on their head. So this is basically an armor, and this is where they got it from. And it's a, it's a strap. I looked up frontlets, and it's with Scripture, the Torah, Scripture, and prayers. So it's, it should be on our minds day and night, all the time. And that's an that's armor to have his Scripture on your mind, in the center of your mind. All right? So, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. Um, you shall teach them to your children, speaking, declaring of them. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, and you shall write them on the doorpost, and the doorpost is usually like the thresholds, the last part of the house being built is what they is the, the doorpost of the house, of your house and on your gates, that your days days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. So this is a preparation of getting um, prepared. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the fullness of God. So your heart, soul, and mind is, is he's working on, on all of us, right? So, um, and it says here that we need to be in, in communion with him day and night. When we're sitting in every position of our life, we should, we should be with God. God wants to be with us everywhere. When we're sitting, when we're standing, when we're walking, whatever we're doing, when we're talking, we need to have him, uh, God consciousness, in our hearts and in our minds, all right? For if you carefully keep all these commandments, which I commanded you to do, and that's obedience, honor, reverence to the Lord when we honor his word, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to hold fast, that means to stand firm to him, 
Then the Lord will drive out all these nations. And I looked up, and nations mean several things, but the way, the one that I believe this is the one that it means is involved in sin. All the nations involved in sin of principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, of this world, and spiritual hosts of wickedness involved in sins of rulers. That's what this, this scripture is saying from before you. So he will wipe that out. He's going to, he's going to, he already has victory on all that before us. And you will dispossess greater and mightier nations involved in the same thing. And so we will, we will no longer, we will be able to conquer even greater, greater things in life as we walk with the Lord. So there's not only in our life do we conquer things, but now God's going to set, step us out into nations and, and cities and towns and families and, and all these places around us to be able to fight the good fight of fate, fight the wiles of the enemy with his armor, with him. So I just want to say it again. The victory has already been done. The condition of your heart dictates the clarity of your vision and the assurance that the whole armor of God that you choose to put on already is the victory. And that's no, the more clarity you have in your vision of your spiritual vision, the more you know that you know that when you have it on all the time, you know, and we're not lacking. So in Matthew 5, 8, blessed are those who are pure in heart. They see God and pure means not mixed or adulterated with anything. No, nothing else, you know, and and not being double minded. And we talk about double mind. Pastor talks about double mind and we talk about it, too, um, during the week. And that's wavering, undecided, unstable in all your ways. That's James 1.8. And um, when you doubt, you're double-minded. And we can't be in that. We can't wear God's armor and be double-minded and have the victory that he already has for us. Because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna waver. It's not God. God already did it. It's us wearing him, not believing certain things, not getting the full benefits of what he did for us. So the garments under, oh, oh, I got to go there. Um, (laughs) So spiritual vision is needed to stand off the temptations and sins and wiles of the enemy, the kingdom of darkness. So before we put on the whole armor and then, so I, I did the whole armor and I thought I was done. And then a couple of days ago, God said, woke me up. I was waking up early. I'm having dreams. I mean, it's pretty awesome when you're really studying like a topic it, it follows you. It's everywhere. God wants to get it in every nook and cranny. It's like, oh, okay. So I woke up early, and he says, okay, so uh, what about the garments before you put on my armor? I was like, oh, man. So now I had to do, a, I started reading about garments and all different, and there are many garments, robes, gowns, um, mantles, different types of uh, um, headdresses, everything. So garments under the, uh, under the armor of God. The importance of what is under the full armor of God. Garments like robes, gowns, cloaks, tassels, sandals, headdresses, and mantles are mentioned, and we are taught the importance of garments through the Bible. All throughout the Bible, you'll, from the beginning to the end, even when he, when he um, got uh, animal skin to cover us with sin, you know, our sins. So he, he stepped in, he even put a garment on, on us there. So God brought to my attention the importance of what we are wearing under his full armor. In his word, God commands that, belie- that the believer to put on, to put off other things first. I'm sorry. To put off old garments. That's the unpure, clean, sinful nature that we had. So in order to put his on, we have to look at that stuff. And we have to 
deal with the whole, be, be, it's justification. It's being judged and justified by God. He's telling us that doesn't, your arm can't fit in quite right if you have that stuff on there. He wants you to take it off, right? So um, the sinful nature, worldly beliefs and vices, and put on the new nature. And we talk about it all the time about the kingdom changing. God's the same. It's us that needs to change. Situations may never change, but if I change, they change for me. You know, like somebody might not change. Somebody might stay the same person. But if I'm changing, everything changes. And that's the goal. God wants to work on us individually and then send us out. Not because we need to change the world, but we need to change what the world sees, what they're looking at. Like, so when I go into my family, I used to go to the basement and I shared this yesterday and call Pastor Tom because I didn't know how to handle the situation that used to baffle me. Thank God today I do. But I would get all worked up because I felt judged or I felt like I had to defend all these things. And he would just say to me, go upstairs and be love. You know, and that was like, that was challenging at one time. Now I just love, I love, I mean, but I had to practice it. It didn't just happen. We have to step out and practice these behaviors, these new things. I can't, I didn't know, I didn't know how to put it on right away. It's like God teaching you, put one leg in, put the other. It's like being a baby. We have to be a baby. We have to go to him and he will dress us the way we need to be dressed and when we need to be in certain things. So the new man identity garments, godly nature, kingdom beliefs, virtues, and love before we put on, we need those things before we put on the whole armor of God. Now we might misplate things because we're too busy thinking about other things. We don't have the helmet on because our minds aren't on what we need to have them on, you know? So, and we'll talk about all the, all the different reasons why he gave us this, the armor. So the unclean sinful nature and then the clean spirit of God nature. And that's, that's what it is that we need to first deal with in ourselves with God. And then he'll send us out. See, the, the war is, the, the spiritual war is with me first. And then he can send me out into the other nations and the other groups. And, and it starts out even in your own family. That's where it has to start. It's, I always say, this is me, and then it's everybody that can come between here and here and me. Then God deals with that, and then it's out there. So I have to do this first. You know, if I'm going to be walking properly and representing God and looking like my father and sounding like my father and, and acting like my father, right? Isaiah 52, 1, awake, awake, put on your strength, put on Jesus, Right, O Zion, put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised and the unclean. And Ecclesiastes says, 9.8, let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. So we're constantly, we're constantly um, uh, anointing ourselves by his word. By bubbling up worship, um, meditation, reading, listening to um, sermons, hanging around like-minded people builds us up, you know, and we build trust in, in with each other. And that's what God wants. You know, he's going to when we start, that's one of the things we lack the most is safety. When we first even come into the kingdom, we don't know. We don't know what to do. And that's why it's really important as representatives of the kingdom to go and love people and love them and welcome them so that they feel safe. Safety is the most important thing because once they feel safe, they can breathe. I know it was for me. 
And I think that's one of the big things that we all talk about, even in, in other, you know, the other group that I do. So in Romans 13, 12, 14, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's put on Jesus, right? Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, oh geez, and not in sexual immortality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. And that's a direction from God. That's a direction to be so that everything fits comfortably and you don't have to think about what you need because you already have it. You're not thinking about what I need. Oh my gosh, I got to work for this. I got to pray on this because I, I need him to give it to me. It's already done. We just need to wear it. That's it. You know, so um, in Colossians 3, 5, 14, therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. You know, self-pity, we talked about that, is idolatry. If I think I'm that important and everybody needs to know about what I'm going through all the time, then I think that I'm God because it, I need everybody's attention. I need to figure that out. And that's, that's a big thing um, with people who suffer from uh, addictions, you know, the self-pity. So... Um, and addictions, not only addi it's sinful nature. We, we, the group that I do, we don't talk about alcohol. We say sinful nature. Depression's in there. You know, people with depressed suffer from depression, suffer from self pity too. That's why they're depressed. Um, and then anxiety's in there. Uh, all of it. We have people that that from all like a church. It's it's everyone's welcome. We all suffered from. We were born into it. So we all have had, had experienced sinful behaviors, right? So we just have to love each other through it. And remember that, not, not so much um, we try to um, identify with each other and, and know, oh, I it empathize. It's an empathy, not a, oh, a, a comparison. Like, I did that, or I have to be better. I used to call it when I was in the secular world. I, did, I, worked, um, I worked for women in a, um, thank you. I worked for women in a jail. Well, they came out of jail, and I used to call it uh, spraying your territory because everybody was the biggest, baddest woman, like when they would come in the first time. And I was like, oh, they're spraying their territory because they killed 10 people or whatever it was. And that really didn't happen, but they needed to um, puff up who they were because they didn't know who they were. I didn't know who I was, and I was helping people. That's a little woo -hoo. I repent, Father God, forgive me for that one. <laughs> Today I do. Amen. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. But now you, are, you yourselves are put off all these things. We put them off. We took them off, right? Anger, wrath, malice. Um, blasphemy, filthy language out of our mouths. You know, we used to curse. Now we confess. Now we declare. It's different. We change it, you know. So do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and, and have put on the new man 
who is renewed in knowledge. See, knowledge is really important to God. He wants you to know everything there is to know about him and the kingdom and all the benefits, all the promises, all the ways that we um, should be walking in the kingdom as a kingdom citizen. And we say that we're citizens of heaven. And that's the way I, if somebody says, oh, are you a Christian? Well, I'm a citizen of heaven. Change it up. You know, I follow Jesus. Um, so uh, you must do. But above all these things, put on love. Because love is the foundation. Love is the thing that, that keeps it all together. You know, it keeps everything together. Put, it, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. It's the maturity in Perfection is the maturity. It means being mature in love, in God's love. It's not what can I get, how can I get it. It's just I love because God loves. He gave. That's the first thing God did. He gave. We need to give. If we're loving, we're giving. That's what love, that's a symptom of, that's a sign and symptom of love. If you're a giver and you want to give, and it's not only a monetary, it could be a phone call. It could just be um, prayers, intercessing is really important. People don't need to know that you're even praying for them. That's a giving heart. When you take time out of your day and you pray for another person, it's a beautiful thing. Fasting for people too, you know? That's another way of giving when we feel like, oh, I wanna do something and we don't know what to do. Um, yesterday I just sent out, I woke up and um, I felt in my spirit that I, I sent my, each one of my daughters for no reason, and I just felt like it was something God wanted me to do. I sent them each, I have these beautiful little, I know you all like, little stationary hearts. They're beautiful, they're red, and they're so pretty. And I thought about them in the morning, and God said, write a scripture on each one, a different scripture for each kid, and I sent them a little, um, I did send them a little money because I don't, you know, I don't normally do that, so I did that as a, and I just sent it out. And that's it. I want them to know that I'm thinking about them and that God's thinking about them. You know, that's my way today to not get in the way and say, you have to believe like this, but just be in their life in love and show, represent God. You know, represent God in a loving, subtle way. It doesn't have to be forceful. So the character of the new, new man, therefore, as the elect of God, and those are the chosen, those are the ones, that's us. It's the chosen people. We're all chosen. Many are called. A few are chosen. We are the ones that are chosen. We choose. We choose to serve. We choose to make a decision to be obedient to God. That's the chosen group. So it, they, many say, I'm, I'm a Christian. Many say, I know Jesus. Well, I, yeah, I'm a Christian and I, and I know Jesus. But the chosen people intimately know him and intimately um have reverence to his word. And that means honor and obey it. It means I don't like sometimes what that says about what I should be doing, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And then eventually you, you desire to do it because it, the spirit changes in you. It's the spirit of God. The spirit wants more of the spirit. And the more I subtly change, the more that's a sign and symptom of the Holy Spirit desiring to want to change for the better, for, for, towards God's way. That's a sign and symptom of, yep, you're with the, the Holy Spirit is operating and you're, you're in communion with the Holy Spirit. So, um, uh, therefore the elect of God, holy and beloved, but on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering. Yeah, that's kind of like a major list that we should all have because that's love 
and that's who God is, and that's his character and his virtues and his way of um, expressing who he is to us. So if we're going to express what our father, how our father loves us to others, because we're family and you're my brothers and my sisters, I'm going to love you the way daddy taught me to love. And that's right there is a nice little cue card to have in your pocket when you want to punch somebody. All right. You just pull it out. Long suffering. Okay. You know, thank you, father. So, uh, but above all these, do this. Oh, I read this already. I think I did. Anyway, there was more to be said. Jesus wanted more out there. Thank you, Father God. The Lord is most interested in our hearts. So we need to wear him in our hearts, right? So David was a king after the Lord's heart. In 1 Samuel 17, David declared the king Saul, when your servant has been a shepherd for the father of, wait, hold on. Something happened here. I had a thought, obviously, and I don't know where it went. So the servant has been a shepherd for the father's flock. Now put on the whole, oh, before, I remember. Okay, I, don't, I didn't write it, but I remember it. So before we become, David was a shepherd. Before we become all of these things, we have to start somewhere, you know, before he even put the armor of God and I'm not saying we get the armor. That was the Old Testament. We have it. Okay? But there's things that need to be worked out in us. It's the, the, what are we putting on underneath? We have to remember that. Are we putting on righteousness? Are we putting on forgiveness? Are we putting on love? Are we putting on long-suffering and all these things? Because when we put that on, we don't even have to go and get the armor. It's already, it covers it. It covers it. You know, every morning, um, for the last week, I was putting on the armor on Rocco. And, and some mornings I'd be like, hey, Rocco, put this shield against the wall over there. And he's like looking at me. I forgot to put your sandals on. And, I'd be do- and I do- did this stuff with him. And I told him what each one was and, and, you know, and all this. And, you know, and so now, and we do this. And then I'll say, oh, Rocco, uh, did you get your sword? And he'll go get it in the other room. So it's, it's a visual. And it's something that he now can see on himself. And we talk like that to each other. We can talk like that to each other even here. That we don't have to be little children in the natural sense. We could be adults talking to each other about the armor and and what it does for us, right? So now we put on the armor of God with spiritual vision. And in Ephesians 6, 10, 18, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. And this is all in the New King James. um, Wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, for you may be able to withstand in the evil day And having done all to stand, stand, therefore. (coughs) Having girded, girded, encircled, surrounded yourself, your waist, with the truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery dots, the lies, the doubts, the tricks, the schemes, 
the temptations of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, the Holy Spirit power, the word is the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer, a sincere request and prayer. This is what prayer is, a sincere request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God and supplication. And that's humble request in the spirit, being watchful to, to this end with all perseverance. And that's persistent in doing what is, is doing something despite the difficulty. That's what um, perseverance means. No matter how difficult it gets, we're going to stand on his word and we're going to do it. We're going to follow through. We're going to follow through for the breakthrough. All right. The supplication for all the saints. So there is a spiritual war going on around us, around you or me, all of us. And whether we want to know it, whether we want to see it, whether we want to smell it, whether we want to hear it, it's happening, right? So the fight, and we do it every day. It's every day. And I walked around blind to it. I walked around ignorant to it. I was a victim because I, I didn't see it. Today I'm a victor because I get to see, I understand. Through God's word, I understand who the devil is who the enemy is, who Satan is, and what he does, and, and how he operates. And I can see it sometimes coming. I can hear it. I can even sometimes smell it when it's present, you know? Um, and that, that's something that, that starts to grow in you. The more you give yourself to the Lord, the more the Lord can give, get in you, like more and grow and grow in your faith, you know? And then it's, it is, it's like trusting my, my father, I, if I never went to drive his ed and I ask him for the keys, I mean, I don't think I'd give the keys to my son if he asked me for the keys and I, he never went, you know, I have to know that he understands about a car and what to do with the car and how to drive safely and, and you know, all those things. And that's what God wants for us. He wants to raise us up so that we can go out there and do our father's business wherever we go. All right. So, um, so um, we fight it every day. So there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. That's Satan. And it's real. It's a real kingdom. They're both real kingdoms. By faith, we know this. We see it. And we, oh, and I thank God. And I wrote a little note. I thank God that I have spiritual eyes because physically, naturally, he designed us where Everything, everything that is seed, that, that plants and grows, dies. That's in, on earth. That's the way we were designed. That's the way God designed it. That's the way it is. So I'm glad that I have spiritual strength. I'm glad that I have spiritual power to fight all these things. Because physically, I don't have to move. He tells us to stand for a reason. It's a spiritual thing. It's the more I build myself up in faith and in his word, and I, and I know that I know, that he's God and he's God and the victory is done. It's done. I don't have to, why do I have to go running around? He's already done it. I have to believe it and stand on it and speak it, declare it. That's the biggest weapon, declaring it, speaking it. I speak to things. I speak at things, you know, um, amen. So in the kingdom of God, the armor of God is our spiritual battle gear, gear. Our weapons of warfare needed to fight the good fight of faith and every other spiritual battle that the enemy tries to kill, steal, and destroy us with. And I'm talking about finances, health, family, ministries, work, everything. He tries to find a place. That's what he does. It's who he is. It's why he's who he is. 
He wants to kill, steal, and destroy everything in our lives. Any way, any cost. So we, and it's nothing to be afraid of because he already, he's lost. We just have to know this. We have to believe this in his word. And if we don't, we need to get in his word because he will teach us if we're, if we're fearful, get in the word. What does God say about fear? If I'm doubtful, what does God say about doubt? And this is the way we do it. Because if we don't, then we're going to be devoured. And that's it. And I don't want to live my life like that anymore. I let lots of things devour me. I let a stupid bottle devour me. A, bo a bottle of alcohol devour me. Uh-uh. If you look at everything, the Holy Spirit has the power over all things. So no matter what it is, a dollar, I let a dollar have power over me. Finance. You know, I have to have it. I can't have it. I don't have enough. I want more. All of that. That's not the way I live today. That's not the way we have to live. No one here has to live that way. And if you are struggling, reach out to someone because when two or more are gathered, he's in the midst. Iron sharpens iron. It's really important. Fellowship is important. And we need it. We need it. It builds us up. Jesus had 12. All right. Yeah, he's God, but he had 12. And, and you know what? And when he was in the desert, and I'm going to talk about this, but I'm going there. When he was in the desert, the angels came to minister to him, to tend to him. So we need it. It's part of the way he planned it to be. Because then we would be God. And then it wouldn't work. Sorry, I'm going to take this off. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm loud, though, right? Everybody hears me. All right. We don't have this in my house. I'm just loud. All right. There we go. All right. So I don't even know where I am. But anyway. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm at, whew, thank you, Jesus. I was translated for a minute. All right. <laughs> Since Paul was very familiar with the Roman soldiers due to being in prison at the time when he wrote this, um, he was in prison. So they were all around him. They were around him all the time, right? Um, and he explains the importance and the need for the um, full armor of God, not just some of it, all of it. Like God, he heals all. He doesn't leave things out. He wants it all. He wants it all. He wants you to have it all, and he wants it all. He wants it all on you. He's given it all to us, right? So um, the importance of the armor by comparing it in, to the Roman army. The Roman army. Okay. So now let's look at uh, uh, Satan. I want to look at his kingdom for a minute because we talk about in that reading. It talks about um, the army of Satan, his darkness, and and what his his army looks like. You know. So we need to be aware of this. So the principalities and I. I'm going to say, I'm going to read them the way I received them because I didn't receive everything I read because everybody has different um, what a principality is, what this. So I read and I prayed and I fasted because I needed to know for myself in my teaching what sat right with me if I speak it because I definitely don't want to represent wrong in my heart. All right. So listen, you guys can study this and God might, you know, take it in a whole other direction. And I'm not done because I like, I like this um, study. So um, principalities is the chief rulers of beings of the highest rank and order in Satan's kingdom. Those are the, that's Satan. They don't bother with us. Okay. They have big, big jobs. They're the princes of nations. They tend to the things of the earth that are of major, major importance. All right, presidents, things like that. That's why, I'm going to skip, and I hope I, yeah, all right, I'm going to skip. That's why in Daniel um, 10, 
10.13, I'm going over there, um, Gabriel needed to help the chief angel, Michael, to, the, um, Ga- even Gabriel needed the, the angel, Michael, to intercede, to help him with the prince of Persia. Now, the prince of Persia wasn't the actual man, prince of Persia. It was a prince, a demonic entity. It was a, it was a, a, a spirit, all right? Satan, a high-ranking demon that um, every nation, high-level place and leader has a, a, a demonic principality assigned to them. Just as we have angels assigned to us and all this stuff, believe me, there are demons assigned to us too because Satan does everything God does and he counterfeits it and he mimics it and he tries to trick us with it. So we need to be aware of that too. All right, so when, and, and I do want to share this, that when, when Daniel was, was said the prayer and Pastor had said it once and it keeps coming up for me in our groups too, the, the prayer was answered the moment Daniel started praying. It was, it was the breakthrough, and that's the realm above us and heaven. It's the, third, it's the second heaven. That breakthrough takes time sometimes, and we stop. We stop praying because we think it's not going to happen. We stop believing for something because we think. And there's a war going on in that realm between um, spiritual entities like uh, angels and demons, and, and it, it's not here, but it's the, the demons trying to stop what the angels are trying to bring. You know, and they, it, it's a whole thing going on. And so when we pray, God already answered it. We have to stay in it. We have to sustain, steadfast, be strong, courage, you know, and and just stay in that prayer until we get it. And if it's not for us, believe me, God will let us know. He will let us know if you're truly going to him with a whole heart, with a, with an, a, a, a pure heart and saying, God, show me, show me. He'll make you have, you could have dreams. There's so many ways God talks to us. You have to pay attention. That's why we have to know him and commune with him while we're sitting, standing, eating, sleeping, all of it, because he wants to talk to us all day long. I wish I could be with my kids all day long. I do. I mean, they're now grown up and they're doing their life, but when they come over, I want to do things with them. I want to be with them. I want to spend as much time as I can as they would allow me. <laughs> but it's it's what I desire when I'm with them, and God wants the same for us. All right. So um, so principalities, and then we have the powers, and they're the authorities, those who de- uh, derive their power from the e- execute from and execute the will of the chief rulers. So they're the ones I believe are the strongholds, the strong man to enforce to to give directions to even the lower ones, they're still not here, all right? We even got, haven't gotten here. They're still in that heavenly realm, you know, haven't gotten here, but they're the stronghold. They're the, that's the, the fear, the, the unforgiveness, those things. And then there are things that grow from the strong man. The strong man is up there, and that's what we want to pull. We don't want to just pull, I'm sorry, and then walk away when we have deep-rooted unforgiveness, because it's going to grow again. If I don't, if I'm not pulling the seed and planting something good, God's seed, his word, I'm going to grow up that thing again, and it's going to come and, and try to choke me out. That's what it does, that, the, the bad vines and, and seed. So uh, rulers of the darkness of this world, the highest type of demon we have to deal with on earth. World rulers of the darkness of this age, the spirit world rulers, those are the ones that are here aggravating us, right? 
They're the ones that tell us to whisper in our ear and, and, and manipulate us and lie and, um, you know, give us, judge us, make us judge others. And, and they're just tormentors, basically, you know, and um, they keep us in bondage. They try to keep us in bondage. And, but it always comes to our decision. We have the power to change all of it in our lives because God gave it to us with the Holy Spirit. So I, no matter how much I tried before I received the Holy Spirit, because I tried, I mean, I, 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 tried, I, I stayed not drinking, but I wasn't doing it wholeheartedly. I wasn't doing it feeling full, feeling okay. It was always that little reservation that, well, if this happened, maybe I'll do that. Today, uh, the reason why I don't do things in my life is not because I'm going to die and go to hell. It's not because the judge is going to put me in jail. It's not because my kids are going to think I'm a bad mom. It's, not, it's because I love God so much. The honor. I don't want to separate from that. And those things, anything that gets in between my heart, anything that I grab for that's not of God, if it's not the word, and it's not somebody talking to me about the word, then it's not good. And it has to go because I won't grow. Huh. Oh, I think I did that one before. Woo! Got it back. Got it back. So that's good, you know. So we need, to, we need to check ourselves and check what we're surrounding ourselves around, what we're listening to, what we're responding to, because we're feeding something. You know, we have some people that are dealing with family stuff, and I we always know why God does things in our life because he prepares us to help another person. So killing with kindness is real. We got to love people because it kills the enemy. It's not killing the person. It's killing what the person is under. They're under the wrong influence. It's maybe uh, self-pity. It's whatever it is. And, we, and so we love it. And then it goes because self-pity wants anger, more self-pity to fight with it. So that it can grow. It makes it strong. And we don't. We, we don't. We let go. Let go and let God. Let God come out. And let God love. And be patient and tolerant. And then it flees. It goes because it's not getting fed. It's, it's starving. And it's going to find something else. And it's going to go look for someone else, something else to satisfy. I don't know. I'm all right. So, um... <laughs> So yeah, okay. So now the last one is the spiritual host. And this one was the one I struggled with the most, but God was just so good today because it totally made sense to me. So the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. So that is the wicked spirit of Satan in the heavenlies, okay? And this is in, I went into the Dake Bible and it is in two, page 214. And what it talks about in my, it was like I, I, my spirit lit up when I read, when I opened it. It's about leprosy. It's about all the diseases, symptoms, and signs. And I believe, and I could be wrong, I believe these are the demons that give us sin, sickness, and disease. This is the cancers. These are the things that, that the, the final stage of, of what they do when we don't give our lives to God, when we don't grow in the word, when we don't, when we don't allow the word to wash our minds. We sit with reports and then they fester, and they fester, and we grow this cancer and this this sickness or whatever it is, uh, arthritis because of bitterness, right? Any kind of bone or anything. And the Bible says bitterness will do that. And when we're listening to, oh, your back hurts, oh, that that's those 
guys, they're creating bodily harm to us. And we need to get them out. And we speak to them. And we say go. Because that's not the way God created us to be. He didn't create us to be broken or uh, lacking. He gave us everything we need. He made us whole and um, prosperous in our health and everything that we do. So um, not the flesh. We don't fight against flesh and blood. Satan is becoming far more successful in his schemes against your, your mind, your health, your finances, your job, your children, your marriage, your schools, your church, your family, your friends, your communities, your government, your cities, your villages, your towns. And we know this because we're seeing it today in all the media. That's a web. And we get caught in this web of the demon, of the enemy. And we, we, we have to get out of that stuff because that's not what God does. You know, that's not how he wants us to be all caught up in something that's not of him. All right. The villages, town, communities, states, countries and nations. And this is what, what's going on. So um, these are the distractions. That's why that's why we're, we're caught up in all this. That's why it's so difficult, because the more we distract ourselves away from God, he can't give us. Well, he already gave it to us. We can't receive and walk in the fullness of him, because the more I put, huh, put between more things I put between us, the further I get. And I say it in our group too. Do I want to know that Jesus is in the building three blocks away? Do I want to know that he's in the building a block away? Do I want to know that he's building and I'm in the outside the door in the lobby? Or do I want to be so close to Jesus that when he turns around, he's like, Hey Lou, that's where I want to be. That's where I pray. Everybody is and wants to be because, and you know, Jesus, you know, he'll, he might walk this way and we want to go, Hey, the song, and we're going to go this way and we're going to go this way. And that's the way it is. So we have to pay attention to where he's at, right? In us. So, um, so the war is between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan, God and Satan, good and evil, Christ, godly and antichrist, ungodly, light knowledge and darkness ignorance righteous and unrighteous satan's main weapons are strongholds of unforgiveness doubt and fear we need to stop using our natural resources our natural weapons right and supply and supplied weapons supplied by the enemy because that's all it is anything of the natural like that is 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 his like basically to manipulate to be used against god keep us further away all right, because it's not, he doesn't care. The enemy doesn't care if we're dead or alive. He cares about getting Jesus out of you at any cost. He doesn't really care that he got another person. No, he got another person away from Jesus. He cares about where Jesus is. And we have to protect, well, I don't have to protect Jesus as, as Jesus, but I want to keep him with me because my life is better. My life is free. My life is victory. And that's the benefit of walking with Jesus. And there's no emptiness feeling. You know, even when I'm alone, I'm, I'm not. It's the most beautiful thing. And that's the way he wants us to feel. He, was, he would go into the, into the um, he would go and pray to the Father and be, be one with the Father. We're one with him too. So Satan's weapons are the strongholds of unforgiveness, doubt, and fear. We need to stop using the natural um, weapons, right, to battle a supernatural spiritual war. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I tried to use, well, I'll use it again, alcohol, drugs, to fight feeling 
unsafe, feeling mm, I don't belong, fear of man. That's a natural resource. It's not going to get me anything. I had to go to God, confess, turn my direction. He washed my mind. He's washing my mind every day with the word. And it gives me the power and strength that I need. It's God's power and strength to not do that and to speak, declare his word like Jesus did um, when I'm faced with temptation. Because temptation is not the sin. It's the act that we do after. And, and, and I'm talking about even thoughts. If we're constantly thinking about it and obsessing over it, that becomes sinful because he's not first. If God's not first, then anything that comes after God is not good. I mean, comes before God is not good. If, because we're, 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 the enemy has made us believe that's needed first. And we have to seek the kingdom first. That's it. That's, and it's righteousness. That's how it keeps us in that place of standing with God and, and free, free from bondage. Okay, so, um, so in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and very... And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience to God. And this is, a, this is such a great tool that God gave us, a great direction, that if before I respond to something, even if before I press send, sit with it for a minute. Take it captive. Think about what you're going to say, what you're going to do, how you're going to respond. And most of the time, listen, God will straighten it. And if you don't feel comfortable with it, call somebody, run it by somebody. Don't just act on things like that because that's how the enemy is. God is, is patient and tolerant and he, he does these things and he's considerate. He's not just going to be like, and then somebody, all hell's breaking loose on the other side of the, whatever you said, because that's not what he brings. He doesn't bring hell. He brings heaven. He brings peace and love. So if it's not going to look like that after you press send or after you say something or after you do whatever it is, if it's not going to look like it came from the kingdom of God, don't do it because it's only going to cause more harm. And, and the bottom line is it always comes back to me when I, when I do something like that because I have to be responsible the other person, it's their own relationship. And we were joking around yesterday too when it's like you sit there and you're like, oh yeah, that's great, that's great. So-and-so needs that, that message. And God told me a long time ago when Pastor was teaching once, he said, hey Lou, uh-uh, that's for you. If I need to talk to Mary Lou, I'll go talk to Mary Lou, I'm God. And that's the truth. And you know when God can send someone to go do it? When they already had that conversation individually with God about themselves and they got cleaned house because then God knows that you can help somebody. You're not going to go and make it a bigger mess because you cleaned up the mess. Now you know you have all the materials to help clean somebody else up, help them out, right? So uh, casting out, sorry guys, obedience God. Question to ask yourself. In which kingdom am I standing in, right? So where are we standing when it says here we want to understand God? Where are we standing? What kingdom are we standing in? And in this scripture, Paul uses the word stand four times in his writing. And that's the scripture of the Ephesians. And those are the things, the, the armor right there. So, 
the armor. So he says it four times in his writings to the church at Ephesians to express the importance of not moving, leaving our ground, our post. We, this is another thing. We stand our post. We stay there because if someone comes and we're too busy trying to fix everything and do everything for someone or things and please God, when God sends someone, they're going to be like, okay, where's Luann? She needs to be where she's supposed to be, you know? So we stand our post, and that's the doorpost that we talked about earlier, in the kingdom of God. We stand, the first way God, um, Paul uses this stand is stand against the wiles of the enemy to oppose something or, or something, someone, especially in a brave or determined way. We must stand against the evil force that are threatening our countries, our country, our families, our lives. And we have to pray this. This is how we fight our battles. You know, we pray, we worship. Worship is awesome. Fasting. All these different ways God gave us to, to make mountains move with him, you know, through him. So we withstand. It says in, in the reading to, that we withstand, and that stand on our authority, our ground, our territory. Pastor talks about what a government looks like, what the kingdom looks like, what territories look like, you know, pollinating and all this. Well, we need to stand against somebody coming to try to invade, um, I'm sorry, withstand in our territories. We remain undamaged or unaffected by, we resist. We resist anything that tries to come into our territory that's not of God. And then we stand, it says, upright in obedience. Do not move an act of holding one's ground against or halting to resist an opposing force. And then the last one is we stand firm. And in standing firm, we stand firm in our faith. We refuse to abandon one's opinion, our opinion on God, the word. We don't alter it. Listen, when something doesn't sound right, I don't need to be the person to, to start telling everybody the way it needs to sound. But I can say I don't agree with that. It's me. I'm, that's not, I don't agree with that. You know, and that's fine. Um, refuse to abandon one's opinion or belief. Hold firm, steadfast, insist, take a firm stand, um, be emphatic, and that means decided, certain, and refuse to budge on the faith. It's the faith. It's Jesus. You know, we need to believe that, and nothing's going to waver it. So we don't fight for victory. We stand in victory, and that's what I've been saying all along. It's not a fight, a battle, a physical thing where we're going to get all kooky, it's standing in, our, in the victory that Jesus already gave to us. And every time I remember that, when I find myself getting upset or, or affected by something or someone, I always remember, God already, the ending is already done. I won. God won. Why am I getting all crazy over this when I know the outcome? Go to Revelations. We're going to be fine. It's beautiful. You know, we have to use our wisdom and we have to make good choices. And we have to choose the right people to help, you know, um, make the world a better place. But it's done. Um, so I don't get caught up in all that. I try not to. So Colossians 1, 13, 14. He has delivered us from the power of the darkness and conveyed us, conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. This is beautiful. In whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins. And the armor of God is Christ, 
right? The character, the morals, the virtue. The enemy is, is after the Christ in you. And that's what this whole battle is about. It's about he does not want you to be in relationship. He doesn't want Jesus in you. He, he, wants, he wants us to be lost and bound up into his... He doesn't even care if we're in his kingdom. He just doesn't want Jesus in us. All right? Um, so God's promise... Uh, we put on the armor of God so we can remain in unity with God. And that's what that does. You know, through Christ, we put on Christ. We say that Christ is in us, right? So when we put Christ on, he's on us, in us, over us, through us. And that's what this, is, this scripture is all about too. So um, God's promise is his protect, uh, protection against the forces of evil for those who have faith in Jesus. So if you have faith in Jesus and you know Jesus and you know God's word, then you know you're protected. And you know that nothing can come against you even if it tries, because if you speak the word back at it, it will flee, all right? And if you pray on it, it might not feel like it's going to happen right then and there, but it's ha it already did. And that's where faith comes in, because it's not by what I, I need to see it first and then I'll do it. That's not faith. Faith is, I believe it, I know it, I've already received it, and then, it, and then it's there. You know it's there. You're just going to walk towards it and not... Let, let anything alter your walk. All right, so um, putting on uh, Second Thessalonians 3.3, 3, put on the Lord, but the Lord is faithful. Who will establish you and God guard you from the evil one? And that's the promise, that he is faithful to us to protect us from the evil one. All right, so we're putting on the armor of God, the king, in the days, in those days, and, and then I'm going to, I'll probably stop and, and another time we'll go into, I guess, the armor, each one. But putting on the armor of God, the king, King God, we're going to put on his armor, right? And in the days of the battle in the Bible, when, when the king um, would give his, they would give their champion, their most prized champion, the biggest, baddest uh, champion, the one that fought all the wars and, and won and was the, the leader, they would give their armor to that, that champion, the, the king's champion, the fighter, his army to fight in the victory. Would, and the victory, when the, when the champion won the war, the victory went to the king because it was his armor. And so in the story with King Saul, when he gave David his armor to fight the giant, but David refused it because he already knew who his king was right? So he refused to wear it because he knew his battle was for the glory of God. And that's what this whole battle is for. It's for the gospel. It's for, it's for the testimony. It's to get other people into the kingdom. It's so that they can see, oh my God, that person got through that, that person, and, and our confession about how we did it and why, what, 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 what was the power in me to overcome cancer, it was the Holy Spirit. It was the pressing in. And it was the declaration every time I declared it. When the doctor said to me, I said, you know, my first visit with him, and it was through just pressing in. I said to the doctor, I said, you're anointed. And he looked at me. He was like, I said, you're anointed because you're touching. You're going to be um, uh, operating on one of God's children, his, his, his queen, you know, his uh, princess. And he looked at me and he said, all right. I said, so your hands are anointed because God wouldn't bring me here 
unless you were blessed. And he, and from that moment on, we had a really awesome relationship. He never questioned or any, because I'd say, I know I'm healed. I know, and he never said, well, you know, the report never did that to me. And it was a good relationship because he knew where I stood and I respected that. And I was able to even go into chemo and do things with other people where I would go and bring love. I, and I wasn't feeling that way all the time, but I would do it because I believed it. I believed the word that pastor teaches that I was fed and now it's my turn to feed others. And that's what we're all supposed to do. So we get, we can't get so full. It's supposed to come out and we're supposed to give it away. So in those days, that's what the king did. So each piece of God's armor has a divine power and a purpose to destroy strongholds of Satan. And that's what that is. And then I'm going to end here because we have to, but I have the actual teaching of the armor, but I'll do it another time when it, you know, whenever pastor wants to, but I, I really felt very blessed tonight. I'm so grateful that God um, used me as a channel for him, a vessel. And I just want to pray everyone got something really meaty and good out of this and feels refreshed. And so I want to bless everyone. Father God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. Um, we just, we're going to take everything that you gave us tonight. You gave us, we're going to take it and, and give it to others in Jesus name. Amen. the key.